The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next generation broker portal that gives you more speed and control over the process. You can now disclose, lock, and manage your loan seamlessly from start to finish, all in one place. It's another reason why greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Originations continue to tumble after a banner year, so now you have to get creative if you want to keep closing loans. But how do you know how to find the best loans for your borrowers? Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. Today, I'm joined by Larry Bear. He's founder and CEO of Market Alert. Larry, uh, Larry, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Mike. Glad to be here. So before we sort of get into that, you know, maybe we, we set the table a little bit. Uh, obviously, Larry, you've, you've been in this industry for a little bit. You started Market Alert, uh, what was it, 25 years ago? Um, 30. 30, now 30. Okay. Yeah, but I still have this boyish good look, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't look a day over, over 30 years. <laughs> um, so how do, we, how, how do you describe where we are in the market right now? I mean, everyone's throwing around, you know, the recession word. Um, but but how do we compare to, to other markets, other down markets you've been through? Well, um, the one thing that I'd start off by saying, and I know probably there's a lot of young uh, mortgage loan officers out that 18 and 5 eighths percent like we were in 1982. I was there in that business at that point. And the thing that I have found about the mortgage business over these 30 plus years is this one thing is unless or until the dream of American home ownership dies, we all have business to do. The borrowers are still looking for buying that home. The mortgage loan officers will still serve a critical process, a part of that process in making that dream come true. So as difficult as it may seem today, it's important not to lose that center focus. We are a critical part of the economy. We provide a critical service. So take a little bit of a deep breath here and relax fractionally because this is, believe it or not, normal in the mortgage business. Right. And and despite what we may have heard a few years ago about my generation, the millennial generation not wanting to own homes and, and killing home ownership, they're obviously it took them a while to get there, but we're coming to market. So people, to your point, people always people always want a home. They always want a place to hang their hat and not have to answer to anybody else other than making their mortgage payment. Um I'm sorry, were you you were you gonna oh, say I, I was just gonna say, well, it's it's not a one size fits all. Certainly there are those they will find other uh, accommodations, but housing is those things. Very few of us want to live in a frigid air box over an underpass somewhere. So housing is still going to be part of the equation. If you choose to rent, that's fine. But at the same time, you're missing out on the tax benefits, the equity growth, et cetera. And I know uh, everybody's heard of that. And maybe there is an alternative place to invest. But the point is, 
there are few investment vehicles, believe it or not, that over a period of time perform as well as an investment in single family housing. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse, but so is stocks or so is whatever else you want to invest in. Uh, whatever the whatever the latest Bitcoin, whatever the craze is, it has apexes and troughs as well. Right. And and one of the ways to help people make that decision is is as you said, it's not one size fits all. That's that's true for customers as well. Um so so how do you, you know, borrower comes, maybe they're trying to figure out if they can afford it. How do you go about finding the right loan for them and not just, you know, automatically going to the lowest rate. I mean, talk to me a little bit about what, what you do yeah. and why it's important. Well, to- I, I'll tell you what, I am so sympathetic to both borrowers and loan officers right now because there is such a scramble to find the best rate, the best program, the best everything. And Mike, the, I think the one point that I would make based on my history and all these years in the business is to stop both parties Take a brief, deep breath and relax because here's the story. The mortgage lending process is actuarial in nature. So it simply means that from a borrower's perspective, whatever your gross income is and your debt structure is going to be used to calculate the maximum principal and interest that you can afford, that you can afford, that you'll be approved for. So no matter how many iterations of different loan programs and buy downs and buy ups and adjustable rate we come to, it's still going to be a number. And that number is going to say, this is it. This is the max we can get you to. So for instance, and I I just created a little scenario, but let's just say we have Buffy and Bill out there and let's go all the way back in time. Let's go to 1982 and 30-year fixed-rate mortgages are 18 and 5 eighths. And Buffy and Bill, they make about 50 grand a year. I'm going to just make the, I'm going to bring this way down to simplify it. Make about 50 grand a year. They've got $375 in recurring debt. And uh, let's just say they got $7,000, $7,500 for down payment. Under that condition, and there is not a loan officer that has been in the business for more than three days that can't make this calculation. Predicated on that, using the 30-year conforming, Buffy and Bill can only borrow a maximum of $64,000, okay? That's it. At 18 and 5 eighths, that's what you got. Now, let's fast forward to 2021. Buffy and Bill actually qualify now for a mortgage size of $214,000 which is a massive jump created not by Buffy and Bill's income changing, debt structure changing, anything changing, just created by the movement in interest rates. So even at that, they can't really borrow 214000 because the maximum at a 95% loan still pushes them down to one fifty. But my net point is, it's not on Bill and Buffy. There's nothing that they did better or worse or anything else that's the story. That's the actuarial story. So it is the same for a loan officer. Yeah, you can go look at an adjustable rate mortgage. You can look at any number of different scenarios, but here's the deal. This is an actuarial business. That's what you're going to get today. And it does not say that the borrower can't 
qualify for a mortgage. It just can't qualify for a mortgage to buy that house. They can qualify to buy a house. Don't miss the largest regional mortgage show in the nation. The New England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, January 12th and 13th. See us at www.nemortgageexpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour. www.nemortgageexpo.com. And is that, you know, we're, we're, we'll get back to helping to find the right product, but is that just as important sort of setting realistic expectations and understanding you, you might want your dream house. Maybe you can get to your dream house, but you also have to understand, of course, that the, the math has to add up. Yeah. You know, the, the way we've, we've devolved our business over these years, what happens is the process is backwards is the prospective borrowers go out with the realtor. Uh, the realtor does some pre-qualification. The realtors gets paid on commission. So the first house are going to show them in the range that they probably could afford. And I'm not, not hanging this on realtors per se is not going to be very attractive. Uh, may have had 50 cats living in it for 30 years, whatever the case is, but just above where you could qualify. Now we're getting into some better properties. So. Uh, the wife has moved into the property. The husband senses that they come in almost desperate to make this dream come true, where if all things were fair, would they would come to their mortgage loan officer first, and together they would lay out this strategy. They would do the calculation that says, hey, go look for a house at this price level in any neighborhood you want to. I'll be processing your loan when you get back here we'll have that thing underway. Now that is a whole different approach. Will the consumers listen to that? Nah, probably not. But if if I had a magic wand, then that's where I would wave it and that's the way I would convert that process. And if there are any prospective home buyers listening to this program, I would so encourage you before you spend five minutes looking for property, Spend 10 minutes with a loan officer, let them walk you through the different alternatives, understand what your maximum, currently what your maximum loan amount is going to be, which is also your maximum purchase price, and then go enjoy. You, you are essentially a cash buyer. Anything you see to your heart's desire is yours. And and how do you how do you talk to that buyer who thinks, well, if I get you know, an adjustable rate mortgage, they think in their mind, well, I can get that home because the, the rate is lower at the start and I'm confident that I'll get a raise and I'll grow into this loan. Or they're, you know, the flip side, they're just, hey, my friend got this rate. I want this. How do you talk to them through the product about what's right for them in their situation? To your point, to make sure that it's it's not just about you bought the home that your realtor sold or you got the rate your friend got, but you got what's right for your situation. You know, the first thing I would encourage them to think about is if in the neighborhoods they've been through or anywhere they drive, have they noticed in any of those neighborhoods that the mortgage interest rate of the people who live there are painted in six-foot block letters on the front roof line? <laughs> and my suggestion is to you, respectively, I don't think so. So this ego drive on this interest rate it gets to a certain insane level. The second is, is it's a household budget story. So 
Okay, so you get this, whatever you're after, but now the family can't take vacations where you used to replace cars over a certain period of time. And every good loan officer can take you out through that scenario and say, absolutely, here's the best. But listen, you can forget about going out to dinner. You can forget about uh, vacations, any of the rest of that. You're going to be what we call house poor. So as you sit in this house, you might as well visualize the walls papered with dollar bills. And congratulations. If that's what you want, that's great. But if what you're looking to do is build equity and build a home and live within your financially where you're not under pressure all the time, then I would suggest a mortgage loan officer can do miracles for you in changing the quality of your life through the life of that loan. An adjustable, one note on adjustable rate mortgages, they do serve a great purpose. And they probably are something to look at today. But adjustable mortgages were created when interest rates were climbing in the 80s from the nines going all up to 18%. And it was simply a way for people to get into a home, qualify with the hope that somewhere out there, interest rates are going to come down. Now, most of these people went through adjustments on their uh, mortgages, their caps. And I worked for a mortgage insurance company at the time. And at the height of that, when the mail came, it sounded like Santa Claus was walking into the office. And the reason for that is people with adjustable rate mortgages got them and said, well, surely my income will go up. We'll have this. Whatever that was didn't happen. And so, unfortunately, what they discovered is after the adjustment, they couldn't handle it, and they mailed the keys to the house in. So my suggestion is that while it says, hey, our mortgage payment's only X, as long as interest rates are going up, it's going to be X plus next year and X plus the year after that. So again, on an individual basis, a mortgage loan officer can do amazing things in laying out these different alternatives. My suspicion is, is that most, I'll say most out there will be best served with a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. And the idea here is that when interest rates are low, and believe this or not, but they're actually on a historical basis still attractively low, When interest rates are low, it's when you want to borrow as much as you can for as long as you can. Um, So in that case, I would suggest that loan officers that would be listening to this kind of balance that out. Yeah, I know you're looking for the close. I know you're looking for the commission. uh, But I do feel collectively that we have a both a moral and a fiduciary responsibility to our prospective borrowers to get this thing laid out. And I cannot help but think that if you're as truthful and factual with the borrowers that you want to talk about, build a recurring business. Oh my gosh. There's, there's part of the secret sauce right there. And, and, you know, adjustable rate is one that probably the average buyer has at least heard of. Um, There's a ton of products out there and the industry is always getting creative with, with how it, um, can address problems. I mean, now we have, you know, for example, non-qualified mortgages to try to help people uh, who who didn't fit into conventional boxes. How, 
if 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 you're an, an originator and you're trying to to sort of figure out creative ways, should should you just study every product on the market? Should you specialize in a couple that maybe cater to the market you're in? Or what advice would you give them in terms of knowing what is available to customers? From my perspective, I think you hit the nail right on the head when you say understand the market you're in. So if you are in a market environment where non-QM is the story of the day, uh, then for all those VA FHA loans. I think we lost you just as you were starting. Yeah, we did. You were talking about... You were talking about understand, you know, if non-QM is the story of the day, and then I think that's kind of when we lost you. So if, I don't know if you it, want to okay. pick it back up. Yeah, I, I'm just saying it, you nailed it when you said, uh, uh, "What environment are you in?" If you're a loan officer that in your area the non-QM is the thing, then by all means that should be your focus. If on the other hand you're in a environment where uh, government style loans, VA loans, did I lose you again there? A little bit. Yeah. You were talking about, you had transitioned to government style loans and then it, you kind of cut okay. off. Um, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I've got a, I've got something going on here with the internet, of course, while we were trying to do this, but. <laughs> That's yeah. right. But I, I think, I think the point you were trying to make um, and, and you can sort of pick up is just obviously is you understand the market, understand the clientele and the kinds of, of loans that would serve them as opposed to learning every product on the market. Yeah, I mean, it is it is just absolutely impossible to sell apples out of an empty cart. So if your if your market is an apple market, then have all the apple different colored apples you can have. But for goodness sakes, don't have oranges in there because it's a waste of your time. And it's the same with your mortgage product. Right. Absolutely. Um, the the last thing that I was going to ask you about, and it's probably advice you've sprinkled throughout, is but you know how do you differentiate yourself in a market where everybody's just looking for the lowest rate? Is it just as simple as just being honest and and coaching them so that they understand the financial decision and not just let me do what I need to do to get you into your dream home or get you at a rate you want to brag to your friends about, but helping them understand the financial implications of this fifteen or this thirty year obligation. Yeah, I, you know, that's a great question. And, and personally, I think if it was uh, a thing where it had to be the lowest rate, then I would also expect, expect the um, cheapest car on the market would be the most widely owned. And I don't think that's correct. They all travel. They all roll. They all get you from point A to point B. But I think for most clients out there, the greatest, the largest financial investment they'll ever make in their life is buying this house. And I think they're fully braced with all the horror stories they've heard of um, uh, commission-driven salespeople at every point they're running into there. And if you were to uh, take a niche and just become the go-to person there with that personalized service and the ability to say, look, yeah, I can do that for you, but that is not in your interest, period. And for me, I'll do it. But I, I sure hope you think this through a little bit further. It will shock the pants off of some people. It may make a uh, realtor client angry at one point. But at the same time, the word gets around. You want to do business with somebody that is 
uh, ethical and very focused on delivering a, a level of service, there you go. Be the heated. I'm not seat. saying it's easy because there is there is a lot of uh, Ray Cheat Sallys and and Billies out there. Got it. I'm saying short haul, long haul. You choose. Right. Be the heated seats in a sea full of uh, base models. <laughs> Larry, yeah. thanks so much for joining us. Man, Mike, I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. After we concluded our conversation, Larry wanted to share his forecast about where he sees mortgage rates going. Um, I was just going to suggest that some people may want to, because I, I don't really spend uh, my time. I'm more of uh, an analyst than I am a mortgage originator kind of guy. And some may want to hear what I have to say about uh, the direction of interest rates and what have you. Sure. So if you want to lay down a little bit of this and see if it's usable, well, well, great. No, absolutely. Especially since we always every Thursday report on the, the Freddie Mac rate. So it's it's kind of timely. So I guess what, what do you see with the direction of interest rates and mortgage rates right now? So there is no escaping. There's an old market adage that says, don't fight the Fed. And in this case, it very much applies to interest rates. The Fed has been very specific, very open to say, I'm going to continue to push interest rates higher. I'm going to continue to, to try to absorb all the liquidity is out there that's in these Q pro, QE programs or now Q quantitative tightening programs. So as long as that exists, we're likely going to see the pressure, upward pressure on mortgage interest rates continue. Uh, and if that's true, then two things are going to happen. Yes, there's going to be more and more people um, find that they can't reach the purchase of whatever house they're looking for. Uh, the Fed's been very specific is they can't control the demand side of the economy. So they're going after the supply side, which means we're going to see more and more layoffs. But here's the deal. We are approaching a certain point, an apex, where the terminal rate, the, the interest rate that will eventually cool the jets of all this inflation will be reached. And the glorious news for those that have withstood this beatdown for one more day than it takes for the recovery is that will be the point where two things happen. Number one, interest rates turn and begin to move lower. I'm talking about mortgage interest rates. And it is also that point where uh, sales prices on homes once again begin to go the other direction. So where we're at right now is with the Fed fund rate in the four and a quarter, four and three quarter range. Fed says they're going to five, maybe five and a half. So for those people out there, it says, what does that mean for property values? It probably means that there's another 10 to 18 percent, I would say, uh, depending on your market, uh, downward pressure on on property values. In terms of interest rates, I think that means that we're still looking at going to seven and a half to eight percent. What's really interesting about that is even though we wail about that in the respect that we left two and three quarter percent, we're still dead center in the historic average of where mortgage interest rates been. So it's not like we're plotting new territory. It is just, we got so, so, had it so good there for several months where we're nothing but picking low hanging fruit that that old dog has left the porch and 
now we're under the porch while we have to battle it out here. But all in all, it is it is the nature of our business to be cyclical. It is not static. It moves from high to low. This is just another part of it. So if you could relax just enough, I'm not saying quit do your marketing, quit doing any of that. I'm just saying probably by 2023, mid to 2023, I think we're there. It'll take another six months for everybody to say, are you sure? Are we really there? And then by 2024, this whole story we're talking about now changes and we begin going back the other way. So like I said, the, the, the thing to never lose sight of is that as long as a dream of American home ownership continues to thrive, all of us, you, me, all of us, loan officers out there, uh, home buyers, are, that we can, we can make this happen together, and we will. We always have. We'll be right back with the rest of your headlines. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next generation broker portal. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to sign up. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Here's the rest of your headlines for today, November 9th. The earnings season is coming to a gloomy end. Loan Depot and Finance of America reported huge losses as they pivot their business. For Loan Depot, the $137 million loss marks three straight negative quarters. At FOA, the loss was just above $300 million, but both companies expressed optimism in their plans to return to profitability. Meanwhile, Redfin announced massive layoffs ahead of its earnings call. The earnings call occurred after this recording, but this morning, Redfin said in a blog post that they're shedding 862 jobs. One reason for the cuts? The company is shutting down its eye-buying operation, Redfin Now. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Kutamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.